Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Psycho-Vertical Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kirkpatrick. I do apologise. It's always good to start with all your apologies. I said I was going to do some, uh, do a podcast every other day, and I didn't. So my uh, my daughter, who was my business manager, as in, anyway, I don't pay her, so she's just my business manager, as in she just tells me all the things I do wrong that, that make me not be a very good businessman, uh, told me that I shouldn't promise things uh, and not deliver them. But I spent my entire life um, doing that. So why, why stop now? So you think she, of all people, would realise that i just one of those kind of people. Uh, it's, it's much easier. It's, it's really, I think, like promising stuff and people getting really excited about them, but not delivering, a, not delivering anything is better than people... Uh, they're not saying anything to anybody, and them um, not feeling excited about something they're not going to get. So I quite I quite like that kind of approach. Uh, that that was that was actually the reason I ended up climbing El Cap with my daughter when she was thirteen because uh, this thing had come about where we we were we were going to go and climb El Cap together for like a for a for a film, and then it didn't it didn't happen, and uh, the film all like fell apart. As most films, as most TV shit does, and uh, Ella was like, "To be honest, Dad, I didn't think we were going to go because you're not very reliable." And that was it. It's like, right then, I'm going to go, going to climb El Cap, even if I have to kill you to prove that I am reliable. And we did so. But th- the thing about kids, they never remember all the shit that went right. All they remember is all the stuff like the time you hit them with a ski pole, or you know, lock them in a dungeon, and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, they're in, they're annoying that way. Uh, so, but anyway, I do apologize. So my kids, you know, my, my daughter's just, just about to finish doing a maths degree where I was hoping she was going to go off and become a, you know, a highly successful person living in, you know, living, working for Google or somebody, but this stupid virus is probably going to destroy her, uh, her education and her life and everything else. And my son is like me, he's got no education anywhere. And his life's already ruined because he's my son. So the the two of them are now sat at home, like trying to work out how they're gonna survive the the rest of their lives. So they've decided that they're gonna basically annoy me and tell me how I have to be become like some kind of YouTuber or you know be be successful. Like say, Dad, your your Instagram account is terrible. It's what, what it's so messy. I'm like, why can it be messy? It's a Load of photographs, like I, I just, I just don't understand it. Uh, so anyway, so I'll probably be doing merch soon. I don't know what merch is, um, and I'm going to be doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, I, I, they, they're trying to persuade me to, to uh, like my apparently my YouTube channel is is uh, is successful. I don't know why, but um, it's not, it's not got, it's got about like sixteen hundred people go there. I don't know why. There's nothing on there, and. Uh, 
but it's but it's had like a hundred thousand views of videos on there. So there's quite a few videos of me talking like on stage, and some of them are good. Like the higher education one is. Any people like all of them, but the higher education one is like the a, a later one. So that's that's better. So the so yeah, so people have been going there at YouTube watching me. So apparently now now I can uh, now I've reached a hundred thousand views. I can monetize it or do something. I don't even know what monetizing. It's like, it's like motorizing it. So, so I can suddenly, you know, you know, once your once your channel's monetized, if you like, invest basically every ta- every hour of the day and just throw everything yourself into the into it, you can you you can be making pounds. Literally, you can be making pounds. You get like a hundred thousand, you know, four hundred thousand views. You could be making like. 40 quid or something it's like it's the way forward so i basically my, my son came to me he was like dad i want to take over your your social media and if you pay me like 50 percent of all the money you make then i'll do it and i'm like uh 50 of fuck all uh that sounds like a good deal but because i am a businessman i was like okay i'll give you a hundred percent i'll give i'll give you a hundred percent of fucking nothing uh for like six months and if you can make it into something, then you're welcome to it. So, uh, so what I'm gonna hopefully he's gonna bust his cheek ass cheeks, sort of working his ass off with his sister to to get me up into the into the teens where I'm making you know like fifteen quid a month or something. And then I'm just gonna just come in after six months and say, right, you're all sacked, and I'm gonna go to China and get like some sort of Chinese person to do it, or India probably. India is probably the best place to get someone to do like that. Um, on the on the subject of uh, of outsourcing, I uh, a, a big person. I get. I, I'm very lucky. I'm one of those people where uh, do you know when you're a, if anybody here is an actor or knows anybody who's an actor, actors are always like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, um, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I knew him. Yeah, I knew I knew him when he was working at Blockbusters, and yeah, we both went for this part together. Uh, big, it was called, and uh, yeah, he got it, and I didn't get it. And I'm like, what? Are you an actor? Said so they're always like, yeah, yeah, do you know I'm an actor? Yeah, but why are you working like in this coffee shop? Anyway, so it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. But uh, not only did I meet Jimmy Chin, I probably told this story before about meeting Jimmy Chin. Uh, if you know who Jimmy Chin is, then you don't know you don't know anything. So yeah, I met Jimmy Chin, and it was like 2001, and it was at a slideshow, and I was doing a slideshow, he was in a slideshow, and mine was better, and. Uh, and I remember, like, I met him, like, oh, this is Jimmy Chin, and uh, this is his assistant. I was like, fucking hell, how, how come you got an assistant? Like, who, who are you? And uh, so it just shows you, like, if you want to, if you want to go far in life, you got to get an assistant. So that's why, that's why uh, my children now are technically my assistants. Um, they're like interns, basically. They're just like unpaid, unpaid interns. They're actually making their own, you know, they're making their hopefully making their own money out of out of working for me. Um, uh, never work with your family. That's a good, I have worked with other people's families. It's not a good idea. Cause they'll just like work their asses off. Uh, never work with people from India. Like never go and get a job in a corner shop, um, work with an Indian family because they'll work their asses off. No one gets paid and they'll think you're part of the family and you won't get paid either. So that's a good, good tip in life. Uh, but what that was, I was, I did have a point there though, about meeting people early on, um, Oh God, I've forgotten already. I was. I think. I think I've got. I think. I think I've got early onset dementia, or I'm eating too much sugar. It's like one of. It's one or the other. Like I'm literally eating. Like I literally eat, trying to kill myself by eating sugar 
just eating lots of chocolate and biscuits and like every day I got these like like when when I was when I was away I was like I was doing really well like I I got into like periodic fasting and all or it's called you know so like some like someone I'd be on Joe Rogan periodic fasting and then I was doing like you know not eating eating lots of fat and lots of protein and not eating many many carbs and I was like feeling really good and then I came back from Oman and I was like looking like you know people on Instagram were like hey dude your Instagram's so messy but you're looking cool you're looking fit and strong I'm like yeah you know and then and then within like two weeks I'm just like just eating like like just a whole cake um so it's uh anyway but that's a good thing about it. if you get fat really quickly you get thin really quickly you know these people who are always who are really really skinny like if they did get fat they would never lose it so that's that's one thing i'm still trying i'm still trying to rack my brains about who what was the i had a story about meeting someone uh maybe i'll have to like maybe i'll have to <laughs> stop this rewind it listen to what i was saying I was talking about being an intern. I was talking about my daughter. I was talking about something else. That's that's something else. That's what I was about going to. Is filmmaking? No, I can't remember what I was talking about. Never mind. Uh, it was very funny. I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 come back to that later on at another time. I also remembered. I also remembered that in the last episode of this podcast, which was a higher education one, which is if anybody doesn't know, I have like. I generally one one podcast is about like gear people asking me stupid questions and then this is this is me just talking about stupid things that are in my head that aren't questions uh a lot that was a question why 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 what was I thinking about it was about meeting someone who was famous it was basically about meeting Jimmy Chin but it's also about meeting people before they're famous oh I forget I don't care um so uh yeah, so one one problem with this, uh, so so my kids want me to become like this like YouTuber. Oh, I remember now. That's good. If you wait long enough, it comes back. Uh, Tim Ferriss. I remember meeting Tim Ferriss, uh, who wrote like four hour body, four hour work week, or four hour whatever. And he's a really good example of one of these people where technically he might only do four hours, four hours work a week, but he is his he is his main biz, he is his business. So every every moment of his life, he's he's working his ass off. So, so we, just, we always have to be really wary of people who tell you that they don't do anything or they don't work very much. Like especially in social media, because just everything is work. Like he'd probably be up at you know four o'clock in the morning. But I do remember it. I do remember Tim Ferriss telling me that the world is full of something. That the world is some people are stupid, some people are lazy, some people are stupid and lazy. But if you're only one, you've got an advantage over the other, over, over other people. And if you're not stupid, you're not lazy, then everything's all right. So, so I was, I, I'm basically fucked, basically. So, so, so one problem with becoming like a social media butterfly and having my YouTube channel, and uh, I'm just basically going to start, you know, I was going <laughs> to, just going to start ordering stuff and then opening it, like bo- unboxing it, and also playing computer games. Uh, based around climbing and just live streaming it and you can all be like lo- looking in and you'll you'll just love it it's going it's going to be really good i was thinking of doing just like watching pornography and wanking and just filming myself uh cuz that seems like fair use of my time really but uh anyway but you know most people are probably doing that at home anyway so it's not it's not it's no fun so um 
Yeah, so the problem with doing this like social media stuff, it takes fucking forever. Like, I've, what time is it now? It's like, it's two o'clock. I got up this morning intending to make this stupid podcast. And I've just spent all day fanning on with like cables and things that didn't work and noises that are clicking and and stuff. If it, if this doesn't sound good, then I don't care. Like I'm not do, I'm not doing I'm not putting more effort in. I've got like shit to do, and this is just like it just takes up so much time to do this. And why? What's the like? If if you don't if you don't send me some money now, I'm gonna kill myself, and then it's gonna be on your conscience. So uh, not now, but like sometime in the future, you know. So so you so just take your time. You're giving me any money. Uh, yeah, like, so this morning I was in bed and I was trying to, and, and Vanessa, my wife, is trying to uh, teach remotely. She's a teacher. She's trying to teach through Microsoft Teams, which I don't know anybody who's been involved with Microsoft Teams, but the it's like insane. There's, there's this meeting and you've got like a hundred clueless teachers all trying to fucking work out what to do. And people are just... They, they, it's like, okay, Deidre, like, you know, if you go to the left of the screen, like, press that button there, it's like, what's the button? You know, it's like, oh, my God. It's like, how are these, how are these people going to survive in this world where everything is done, like, remotely, you know? So uh, so I came up with this I, I came up with this conclusion. This is some real, sh- real shit-hot wisdom here, is basically we're, we've, we've been coming towards this time in the, you know, for, for mankind in, in Western society where uh, there's those who are going to win and there are those who are going to lose and and the majority are going to lose to do with like artificial intelligence and all this kind of stuff, basically. But I've, I've realized where the, where the, where one of the sort of, is it demarcation? Like one of the lines is here of who's going to lose and who's going to win. So basically anyone who's ever rang tech support, they're all fucked basically and and anyone who just worked out for themselves, um, they're okay. No, they're okay. They're like they're like a little bit better than the others. So they're just the others have just had it really. Basically, your mum and dad and everybody else um, apologise as a helicopter land. For some reason, whenever I start doing this podcast, a helicopter starts flying around my house. So I don't know why that is. Anyway, mm. I'm gonna admit, you know. Anyway, it's very anyway. So um uh. Yeah, so this so this podcast is following on from the oh no, so back again. So one last one last ramble. So I, in order to keep my kids happy, I am going to start doing these podcasts on video. Uh, yeah, hold it. Wait, I need to have a shave first and put my clothes on. Uh, I, I so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, but it's just too complicated at the moment because I don't have the proper sound things and everything else and. So, but anyway, they are going to be on there because there's increasingly there's things where I have to actually physically draw a picture or tie a knot or something to to for things to make sense. So I am going to do that. But in the meantime, I am going to start doing little videos that go on my Instagram, which is so messy, and Facebook stories and all that kind of crap. So uh, if you don't follow me on all that stuff, Instagram and all that kind of stuff, then go and go and follow me and all that kind of. Thing stuff like that so but following on from the from um the 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 podcast number whatever it was with the called the sea where i wrote where i read something from the sea of sea of dreams story i'd i'd I'd, uh, written uh i'd wrote in my book uh in the well it's actually a pod it was actually a a, a pod blog post and it's in the book unknown pleasures by vertebra graphics 
And I'm going to read uh, another bit of writing. <clears throat> so, so the so the first bit of writing, the first thing I read, if you remember the Sea of Dreams, it was like a classic piece of um, kind of non-linear, but it kind of is linear, where you begin, you know, you begin at the very end of the story, you know, the at the very end of the event you're writing about, which in this in this case was climbing, soloing El Capitan. And then you then you return and you you go through the the sort of more like linear narrative of climbing the wall, you know, but background of why you're climbing the wall, you know, memories, and then and then it just just ends up comes back into the uh, the end of the story. So the first paragraph, first few paragraphs, you could just probably cut and cut them out and paste them in just before the last paragraph, and then it would be like totally linear, and it would all take more make sense. So. So this is like a f- very common um, way of writing. So it's like maybe it's just like one step up from you know, like a completely linear uh, storyline, and and probably if you're a, if you you know the better you are at writing, the better you are of just writing a linear story. You don't need to do all these um, you know like jump cuts and all that kind of stuff. So probably like I I didn't really have any like I said in the in the last podcast about writing, I didn't have any formal education about writing, don't really understand anything about writing. So all my understanding of storytelling and everything else just comes from reading comics, uh, watching TV and watching films. So, you know, like, a, you know, a film like, um, you know, a film like uh, Pulp Fiction or those those kind of things, you know, they're like classic, you know, you just cut it all up and, you know, you know, it's that kind of thing. So, uh, oh God, um, God, I'm really tired. Like my, so I'm, li- I'm I'm living in Galway at the moment with my uh, relations. Uh, I'm actually, if anybody's ever seen the film The Guard with um, Brendan Gleeson, and like I'm about two miles away from where they have the big fight at the end with the drug dealers, like on the on the pier. So it's kind of a cool, cool place to cool place to be. And but my my father-in-law, he's trying to, he's been trying to cure cancer. He's trying to come up with a cure for cancer, like literally, but doing it is it's basically ma- working through the genome, the human genome, by hand, uh, with a pen and pencil and a billion sheets of paper, which is a craziness. I can't tell if he's actually totally insane or or completely knows what he's talking about. But it's the most craziest thing ever. And basically, he wakes up about two o'clock in the afternoon, and then he goes to bed about two or three o'clock at night, and he's just working on this thing. And it's he's been doing it ever since ever since I known him. And uh, so anyway, so he he keeps waking me up because he's like shuffling around at night, like Howard Hughes. So uh, so if I yawn, I do I do apologize. Now I said I've yawned. I'm gonna I feel like yawning a bit more now. It's a bit like oh god, do you, you have to wear one of these like stupid masks on your face you feel like you're going to start sneezing all the time it's that kind of thing so i've got i've actually got i've got a high tech i've got a piece of paper here as well uh to to, so i can it makes it easy for me to read so i'm going to read another short little piece of writing and this is called uh, a piece of wood so this is what i would this is more the so the the last thing i wrote is more conventional now this is uh less conventional like this is probably this bit of writing is probably more in line with 
how my brain works rather than the uh, rather than the the other one. And then it's like all over, it's all over the place. I don't know what the hell's going on. So I shall read it to you. It's only, it's only, how many pages is it long? It's only, it's only like one, two, three. It's like three, three and a quarter pages long. So it's not super long. So I shall read it. I quite like, I, I like, I like writing. I like short things. So anyway, so here we go. There is a block of wood at the end of my bed, four inches square, an inch thick wrapped in the rubber of a car in a tube. This piece of wood keeps my bed up. There is a hole drilled through one corner and threaded with a loop of faded red, red, faded red four millimetre cord. A long steel screw twisted through its centre, through and into my bed's cheap laminated end board and on into the central beam, holds, which holds rib-like slats in check. This piece of wood at the end of my bed is special, and without it, my bed would collapse. Without this piece of wood, everything would fall apart. What makes this piece of wood special is that it fell from the sky and landed at my feet. I would like you to imagine that my bed collapsed through frantic lovemaking, that I rolled and crashed with wild abandon on on undermanned slats, my bed shortchanged by some Swedish accountant attempting to hit the right profit margin for his budget beds. But it didn't. Most nights I sleep alone. My bed unmade, a bed no self-respecting woman would venture near, to be fair. Corners untucked, pillow slips missing, poppers undone. It's not what a bed should be. It's a bivy most nights, unless my woman calls. Then out comes the best silver, corners tucked in, all four, hairs and mine, pillow slips found, poppers done up. Most of the time, my bed is just somewhere to sleep, not to belong, a doorway, a ledge, a patch of ground, where the stones are small enough not to bite through your mat. It is a teenager's bed for a grown-up, one that is crawled into when you know you should have gone to bed an hour earlier not run to with excitement long before it's time to sleep. In this bed, there is no fun to be had, nor is it a place to linger. It is the place I kill I kill dead the day. It would be funny, in a BBC sitcom sort of way, to lead you to believe that, this, that my Roker's axe pushed his bed beyond its safe working load, only to admit later it was... It was the jumping of my children that caused its demise. A bit of canned laughter to trick your mind into thinking that you're laughing as well. And yet my kids, although young, are old enough to recognise that cheap modern beds made from ground down trees are not for jumping on. Old metal beds are best for this. Beds that built an empire that saved thousands in the blitz as the roofs came down. The bed of a life should have a metal frame, metal springs, a net of metal intricately twisted into shape by massive metal machines long since dead or shipped off to China. When I was a kid, I loved to sleep under my bed. It was exciting. Beneath such a twisted steel tapestry, there was a feeling of safety, from bombs that could drop, could bring down the walls 
or reality that could tear down a life. Perhaps I'm not too old to do it again, although back then houses seemed much less full and under the bed was not a place for wheeled storage boxes and stuff. Back then, under the bed was a magical place, a cut-price Narnia for poor kids where you could shuffle in and fall asleep and bang your head when you woke in the night. How many great minds found their calling looking up at the twisted of, twisting of springs, questioning how each long length of steel was bent and formed into this, into the other like that, the ends sharp against their fingers and palms as they tried to grasp it all. Under a bed, you're safe. Under a bed, you're hidden. Sometimes I'd like to crawl under my bed, but I never would. I know I'd only have to crawl back out. Plus, there's no room for for me now. So this piece of wood, where did it come from? I was walking along the bottom of El Cap two years ago, close to the start of the Muir Wall, when I heard a dull knocking from above. The sound was not sharp and terrifying like a falling rock, a sound that my brain would react with the same speed as I would the rattle of a rattlesnake at my toes but rather something less threatening and more intriguing. As I looked up, I saw something falling, bouncing down the wall, something that had land, that landed almost at my feet. A block of wood, four inches square, an inch thick, wrapped in a cart in a tube, drilled and threaded through one corner with a loop of faded red four-millimetre cord. It could only have come from a route like the Salathir, or maybe Excalibur, a route with some monster cracks designed to be stacked against a large cam, the rubber glued to the rock, the rubber glued to the rock, in the hope that it would help the wood stick to the granite, in the hope. I looked up and couldn't see anything, no telltale signs of a team, or the shouts of panic as the clumsy climber realised they were stuffed, would have to go home. The wall seemed empty. I picked up the piece of wood and thought about just chucking it into the trees. Yet another piece of big wall flotsam. After all, who needed a piece of wood covered in rubber with a tie-off threaded through it? I stood there wondering about this story. Who who, who had made it? I imagined them going down to the lumber yard and buying the wood, or more likely pinching the wood from a skip. But then I couldn't even remember seeing a skip in California. So I went back to a further image, the climber sewing the wood, finding the inner tube and gluing it, drilling the hole, bringing it here, laying it out with their rack in Camp 4, hauling it up the wall, leading the pitch with it clipped to their harness, unsure if it would work, dropping it, and so making all that faff a waste of time. And now it was in my hands, our paths had crossed. It must have, it must have come for me for a reason. So I decided to keep it. So why did my, bell, my why did my bed fall apart? I'm not sure. Maybe it's due to me having rhythmic movement disorder. Look it up. Which means that since I was a baby, I roll my head backwards and forwards when I'm asleep. It used to worry my mum no end. I would, I would worry if my kids did it too. But I guess it's a bit like being possessed by an evil spirit. Sooner or later, you either get used to it or the spirit goes away. 
I didn't do it that, that much these days, but it's so ingrained in me that when I do, I don't even know it. And I seem only to do it when I sleep by myself or with my evil spirit. I can tell them, I can tell when it's going to, when I'm going to start doing it, as it tends to happen when I've completed my migration from one side of the bed to the other. When you've shared a bed for a long time with time, you instinctively stay on your side, even when you're on your own. But when the other side remains empty, your instinct slowly fades, and millimetre by millimetre, night by night, you creep onto the other side. Maybe your body is always on the lookout for a bit of Liebenstrom. Perhaps it's the bed that moves beneath you. Perhaps you're just looking for some love and only finding the other side of an empty bed. All I know is by the time I've traversed my bed from left to right, my head starts rolling. Anyway, back to the wood and the bed. So somehow my bed was broken. Too much shaking of an of a known sexual of a known sexual kind, probably causing the two small screws that held the ones the one two large central beam caused the one central large beam to fail. It looked like a new bed was in order, but the next cheaper option beyond beyond just sleeping on a mattress. And seeing as these days a bed is simply a warehouse for all your crap underneath it, why not just balance the mattress on top of all the crap underneath? Was it was to was uh, to was to attempt to repair, to screw a piece of wood to the end of the bedboard, so I could hold up the central bed part, bed support. The only problem was what to repair it with. Like some Grecian tale of heavenly meddling in the DIY affairs of man, I realised that the piece of wood I'd found below El Cap must have been given to me for a higher purpose, to mend my bed. Digging through my box of climbing junk, I fished it out, and five minutes later, I was once again the owner of a fully working bed. Like I said, I don't really like my bed. Some some days are for living... Some days are for remembering, some days are for getting over over some days are for getting over with, and I see my bed as a switch, climb in, and the day ends. But when you go to sleep, hoping the new one will leave you in a better shape than the last. But as I switch off the light, the last thing I see is a piece of wood, four inches square, an inch thick, wrapped in car inner tube, drilled and threaded in one corner with a loop of faded red 4mm cord, and it reminds me of the wonder and randomness of life, that a tree could grow and be cut down, and a climber could cut himself a piece of timber from that tree on the other side of the world, not knowing that one day it would hold up my empty bed and have a story written about it. Ah, there you go. So, so yeah, so I say I. It's kind of a, it's kind of an. I'd say that was like a more advanced bit of uh, writing. Um, I do apologise for my poor reading skills. Um, like I said, like I said before, like some things are good, are good for for reading, and some things are good for reading out loud. 
Um, like some things sound amazing when you read when you read them and when you read them out loud they sound crap, but that doesn't sound too bad. But you know, so really, it's all it's just a story about a piece of wood finding a piece of wood and a bed. Um, but it's also it's also it's also leaves a lot of uh, a lot of questions. Like there's things about rolling your head. There's things. There's a lot of kind of unknowns in this in this story. Like it's not setting out to tell you everything. Um, like I think really it's a story about loneliness. I think I always think that's what it's, what it's about. Um, but I think at the time it was just a story about a piece of wood. <laughs> it was literally a story about a piece of wood. And I guess that's it's a good it's a good thing to think about. Is is often. Often people, when they want to write stories about climbing or adventures or the stuff that happens in their lives, they often focus too much on the on the big things, and they often miss all the little tiny things. And it, and the, it's the little tiny things that help, in part, like uh, some real sort of um, tr- uh, well, not necessarily truth, but in parts some further questions. Like it's much better to ask the reader to think of their own answer rather than tell tell them an answer. Um, let them try and work out why you're in this bed by yourself. There's a bit about that you're in a relationship with somebody. Um, it's like why you're in a bed by yourself. And uh, so it's a, yeah, don't, don't, it doesn't really come to any, it hasn't got really got very many uh, certainties in here. It's not, you know, there's no description of where this bedroom is, where you are, but nevertheless, the the reader like fills all that stuff in. They're imagining a bed. They're imagining a. The only problem with the probably the one problem with it is I was probably too specific about how the how the bed was mended because you don't want. I'm filling in too many details there. Basically, the bed had like a central. So it was a cheap IKEA bed. Had like a central piece of wood, and it broke. So I had to like. Anyway, um, what's funny is that a few years later, uh, I ended up leaving this house where this bed was, and I kind of ended up kind of being a little bit destitute and a bit homeless. And the only thing I really wanted from that house was actually the piece of wood, which is because I felt like we had a... Because I kind of knew if I just left a piece of wood there... That someone would probably just throw the bed away because they're like, why is a piece of wood screwed on the end of this bed? They wouldn't appreciate like what it really meant to somebody. This piece of wood. So, so you know, so that's kind of that's yeah, yeah. So often maybe the, maybe the things that have absolutely no value to anybody can can have a lot of value to to uh, to other people. Um, like I know there's a bit in Psychovertical where I talk about being like really strung out and getting to a getting to a bee lair, just sitting there being really, really exhausted. And how I found this, uh, like a business card, like sticking out the crack and I pulled it out and it was like Lance, Milo, Eagle, rock and rolls, rock and roll, blues, jazz, banjo lessons given or something. And it was really, um, like, it's just a, it's just a thing. But then ever since then, like every now and again, someone has like sent me like a flyer for like Lance, Milo, Eagle, who must live in California somewhere. And uh, so I have this connection with like Lance Milo Eagle and I've had it, it's like, you know, I, just, I describe it in the book. I've got like a photograph of it when I do my, if I ever do a slideshow about doing that, that kind of thing. 
And you have this connection with this person in the world, but he has no idea who I am. He has no idea this story probably exists or that. Or maybe he does. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so 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 the, the the sort of the connection between objects and other people. So the person who built this piece of wood, you know, he has no idea that this probably has no idea this story was written about a piece of wood that he that he uh, he had on this climb. So yeah, so I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so uh, so but in in this linear style. So basically, it has real no. It has it just it's just a story. I don't think it has any real linear sort of non-linear storytelling. It's got most of it's taking place in my head. Uh, like if it was a film, you could just have a voiceover over an image of the bed. And maybe you'd have like a scene where you see me walking underneath El Capitan and this stone falls out, falls down. Maybe you'd have like a scene where there's a me as a child, like rolling my head and my mum sort of being concerned, standing over me or something. Uh, you might have a scene of my kids, some like, not my kids, but some kids jumping on a bed that's not, not actually real. You might have a scene of of uh, the bombs dropping and onto a, with people underneath the metal bed, I don't know. But yeah, so metal beds, metal beds, highly recommend metal beds. You don't seem to see so many these days. Uh, I had a friend, I remember when I was a kid, seeing someone like whack their head open on a metal bed, like cut their head open, trying to jump between two beds. So it's always, always put me off metal beds. So anyway, so yeah, well, maybe, maybe next time I'll read, um, I'll read something that is uh, more complicated. Uh, like this, this, the struct, when you write things, it is very important, it's important to have, like you can make things that are really, really complicated they look really, really complicated, but in fact, they're actually really, really, they're really, really simple. Uh, like, so often, often when you're on stage, you've got this thing where you, you begin telling one story, and then before you finish it, you go into, like, another story, and then before you finish it, you go to another story. And then and then slowly you, like, roll them all back, and you close them all up one after the other to the end. And people are like, oh, God, that's like, how do you do that? How do you remember how where they all are? But it's actually, like, really, 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 really simple. Like, it's harder on a podcast when I'm losing my train of thought because it because I've not nothing's written down I'm just going it's going, going very what's in my head um but but in in writing it's quite interesting to play around but the but the main thing is that you can't you can't lose you can't lose the or can't lose a reader you don't want the reader to be like I don't really understand but if they're in, if they're kind of in, if they're intrigued by what you read what you're if you're intrigued by this the unknown, then they'll keep on going. It's like an adventure. Like, why is this? Why is there a whole like bit in this book about a piece of wood on the end of a bed? And hopefully, when they get to the end, like for me, the payoff is the idea that is that last line that a tree could grow and be cut down, and a climber could cut himself a piece of timber from that tree on the other side of the world, and knowing that one day it would hold up an empty bed and have a story written about it. So basically, the whole story is that there's a story about a piece of wood. That's what the story is about. So, um, so yeah. So any anybody, yes, yeah, so never be afraid to to uh, to write about the little tiny things. In fact, that's what you should really do: is write write about little things, not about the the big things. And I shall think I shall call that a day. I shall go. So anyway, so I I shall I I won't, I won't promise you when I'm going to do any more podcasts. But my daughter tells me I have to do one. I have to do all more, you know, every, every whatever. So, uh, 
So keep a, keep an eye out, and uh, please, for my children's behalf, please uh, follow, like, share, <laughs> what flagellate, whatever, whatever, whatever you can do, whatever else tells you to do, just do that, and um, and uh, yes. So anyway, until next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.